0: and welcome to the Modern Casanova Podcast with me, Troy Francis. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you back. Good to be here. Uh, Sunday morning, I am in my uh, abode in central London, and I'm looking forward to regaling you with another informative, exciting, and hopefully very sexy Troy Francis Modern Casanova Podcast. So, welcome to the show. So, a couple of bits and pieces from this week. So it's been a very, very busy week for me, uh, both for my day job, which uh, I still have. I still have a corporate job, which I need to escape from, and I'm working on that at the moment, but at the moment uh, I do have that job. So that's been very, very busy for and quite stressful for a number of reasons, which um, I maybe go into in a different podcast or later on. Um, and there's also been a lot of the business stuff going on as well, so a lot of work on the website, a lot of work on social media, and creating content as well in the background. So in the background, um, aside from the articles that I'm putting out and the the Twitter feed and so on, um, I'm working on my new book, which is going to be called The Modern Casanova. And basically what the book is going to be is almost like a compilation of a lot of the writing that I have done on game and day game and intergender dynamics um, and sex and women and so on for the last three years or so. So a lot of the Return of Kings writing, a lot of other writing that I've done, and I'm collating this into what will effectively be a textbook really, what will effectively be a summation of my work on game um, up to this point really, so it's going to be very comprehensive, I'm re-editing all of the material, I'm adding new material, um, yeah, and I mean at the moment it's 87,000 words long, so just shy of 90,000 words long, and I would envisage probably by the time I finish, we're going to be looking at 100,000 words or so, maybe more, you know. So it's going to be big, it's going to be comprehensive, it's going to have loads and loads of detail in there, it's going to have everything that really that you need to know about how to meet girls and sleep with girls and have, you know, form relationships with girls uh, from, you know, the kind of mindsets that you need and the kind of background to all of this, looking at the socio- sort of playing field, the sexual marketplace as it is in 2017, looking at the kind of mindsets that you need to develop, then looking at some of the inner game stuff that you need to do to get yourself into a position to be successful. And then, you know, looking at, uh, and the main bulk of it really is looking at the sort of techniques you can use, the techniques, the Uh, I don't like to say tricks because that sounds underhand, but the things that you need to know really to, you know, to go out there and compete in this sexual market and have the success that you want with women that, you know, we all want. Because, you know, I said on Twitter, I think yesterday, I mean, the problem with most guys is they're not arseholes. I mean, we get this thing in the media that guys are painted as these arseholes and, you know, they are just out for one thing and, you know, they want to use women and throw them away. And, in the large part, that's just not the case. I mean, most guys, if anything, are too nice. And they, and more than being too nice, they kind of put the needs of other people ahead of their own needs. You know, they put the needs of, of women above their own needs because they pedestalize women. And, you know, that's not really how it should be because what really you need to do is to put your own life uh, firmly at the centre and then think about other people after that because it's only when you've sorted out your own life. It's only when you've resolved your own issues and quieten those inner demons and got to a place where you are happy um, through having, you know, productive work, through having good relationships with other people, not just women, men as well, family, um, and you're at peace with yourself, that then you can go on and add value to other people's lives. So, you know, we need to be looking at this in the sense of how do I put myself first? You know, not in a not in a nasty way, not in a selfish way, just in a way that you know makes your life um, work well for you. So that's where I'm going with the book. Um, more content being put out on the Real Troy Francis website, so follow me there, RealTroyFrancis.com. Yesterday, I went on a date uh, yesterday evening with a very lovely Colombian lady who I met through Day Game. Um, very attractive Colombian girl uh so i've written a, a piece about that, and really about the the issue of escalation because escalation is a funny thing, right because <clears throat> we and if you don't know what that means this is this is the the idea that the man has to you know lead the interaction towards sex basically, so you can't sit there on a date and expect the girl to say right let 's go and have sex you know the guy as the man it's your job really to sort of lead the interaction in that direction um And there's a number of ways of doing that verbally, through flirtation, through teasing, through spiking, uh, as they call it, which is dropping in little sexualized kind of hints and um, elements to the conversation. Um, And also physically as well. So touching, kissing, um, you know, driving that kind of physical connection, that physical chemistry between the two of you. So it's your job as the guy uh to do that but it's really a tricky thing because on the one hand if you don't do that then you're in danger of never seeing the girl again because you haven't generated that sort of sexual urgency you haven't um you know you've effectively friend zoned yourself you know but on the other hand um and this has happened to me many many times and i know this happens to other people who are you know who 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 date a lot if you like um the other th- problem that you can have is that you over-escalate on the first date. So, effectively, you go for sex on the first date. Maybe the girl's kissing you. Maybe you're making out in the bar. Maybe, you know, all kinds of things are happening. But then she pulls back and she says she doesn't want to go home with you that evening, which is fine. It's obviously, you know, her per- entirely her prerogative to do what she wants. She doesn't want to go home with you that evening. And then... You text her again the next week and you never you never hear back. You never see her again. And it's counterintuitive because you kind of think, but this girl was all over me. I mean, this girl was loving it. What is the what's the problem here? But you've you've over escalated. You've um you've pulled the trigger too quickly, you've gone too fast effectively on that first date. And you know, um. The difficulty with that is that's gonna make the girl feel potentially kind of slutty. She's gonna think, if I go and meet this guy again, you know, I know what he wants. It's only one thing. If I meet him again, essentially I'm just saying, yeah, we're meeting up for sex, you know, and a girl is not always going to want to feel like that. So you know, you have to play it very carefully. And and really the only I think advice that I can give on this is you have to use your own instinct um, in each situation to decide. Am I going to pull the trigger? Am I going to go for a fast lay? Or am I going to take it slowly and maybe go to a second date um, or even a third date, you know, before inviting her back to my place, um, you know, inviting her to watch a DVD and trying to uh, initiate sex there. So you've got to be careful about this and um, you can read the article to see what happened last night, Um, but it was an enjoyable evening. Um, nice girl. And, you know, let's see what happens with that. Um, the other thing to note is that you can follow me on Instagram at real Troy Francis, where I'm putting out daily memes now. So little pictures with, uh, you know, a little motivational quote or a piece of text on it. So getting some quite good traction over there. It's only been going for a week or so. Um, but people seem to like it. So feel free obviously to follow me there as well. And please, if you've got any suggestions for the show, any suggestions for content you'd like to see written or video or on this podcast, then please follow me on Twitter, uh, Troy Francis or uh, Troy7laws is my handle uh, and get in touch through that or you can email me on the website. So please don't hesitate to let me know um, of anything you'd like me to be covering for you. Okay, so I wanted to talk um, today about the subject of getting through tough times and how do you get through tough times? What do you do when life is challenging? And my uh, thesis for today is that the way to get through those tough times is only through extreme motivation. It's only being extremely motivated and then extremely focused that you can sail through those hard times and get to a happier place on the other end. Um, And really, this this goes across the board. I mean, this covers everything from dating, day game success, night game success, to success uh, at work, uh, with your career, with your business. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this was, as I was saying at the top of the show, um, it's been kind of, you know, i I don't want to get into too much detail on this podcast because you know for obvious reasons because I can't talk about this stuff too publicly necessarily but um you know work wise it's been a a tricky time for me really um I am still you know working corporate jobs because I haven't yet uh been able to maneuver myself into that position where I go solo full time I hope that's gonna happen very soon and actually. The way things are going, it looks like um, fate might be pushing me in that direction anyway, because the job that I'm in, to be honest, um, you know, it's not looking very good. There's a lot of volatility in the company. I work in advertising. It's an industry where, uh, you know, it's affected by the economy very strongly. There's a lot of volatility. Um, There's a lot of, you know, big media companies, publishers and so on are... In a lot of trouble, really, um, because their business models are not working anymore. There's a lot of money that's going into big digital players like Facebook and Google. Um, that means there's a, a less <clears throat> a lesser pie for everyone else to, uh, you know, to to extract revenue from. It's just all a little bit of a car crash, really. It's very volatile. There's always restructuring going on. There's always people getting fired. People hopping around from company to company, and it's you know, after over a decade working in this industry, I mean more than that really, um, it's a little bit tiring to be honest. And you know, and there are some there are some advantages to working corporate jobs, and perhaps you know I'll talk about those uh, in another episode. But um, I think we all kind of know the downsides. It's talked about a lot on the Manosphere and in, on rep Red Pill websites. You know, really you don't want to be working a corporate job because it's just kind of, it's just not very good. I mean, you are, for a start, you're representing somebody else's product. So, you know, you're not getting paid really your market, you know, your true worth because you might be bringing in, you know, you might be responsible for millions of pounds of revenue in a year, uh, but you're not getting paid anything like equal to, you know, to what would reflect that. Um, You know, there's a lack of freedom. There's a lot of, you know, I guess there's all the PC bullshit that people talk about with HR departments. There's that. Um, But, you know, more than that, uh, a lot of these workplaces can be quite toxic. Uh, There is a lot of backstabbing. There's a lot of politics. Uh, You know, there's just a lot of bullshit, really, that you have to deal with in um, in order to take home your wage. And, you know, the funny thing about it is people think that sticking in this corporate job is going to be is kind of mitigating your risk if you like you know there was this idea which really is is a very old-fashioned idea now that you know you would go to work for a company and you'd be safe because you know you're you're within <clears throat> you know you're, you're being looked after and you have a regular salary and everything but increasingly i have to question whether the risk is actually staying within the corporate world perhaps, and increasingly this seems to be the case, it's actually a greater risk to hold on to that corporate job rather than going out and building your own business for yourself. Because if you build a business for yourself, you become the master of your own destiny for whatever reason. And, you know, I mean, come what may, you can't get fired. You know, I mean, that's one thing. You can't get fired and you can direct things as you want. Um, And I'm increasingly coming to the view that, you know, we all need to build something for ourselves in order to secure our futures. Because look, nobody else gives a damn about your future. Nobody else gives a damn about my future, except perhaps my, you know, my mum and dad, maybe. But um, really, nobody else gives a toss. And certainly the companies that uh, you work for, if you work in a Uh, corporate environment doesn't give a toss about you so you need to take that into you know you need to take your future into your own hands really and you know in my view the only safe the safest thing that you can do is to build something for yourself that will continue to pay you money um, as you get older and so that's kind of where my head at's at the moment Um, anyway sorry I'm going off off topic a, a little bit but um but yeah i mean it's it's been a bit of a stressful time because I don't know what's going to happen with this job I don't know how much longer i'm I'm going to be there for I don't know if I'm going to get fired basically um because of uh you know revenue is, is is very down in the company uh there's a lot of political shenanigans going on there and it's all kind of a bit all over the place so and by the same token <clears throat> as well in view of what I've just said I'm uncertain of my own desire to you know to continue in that particular space also Uh, although it's you know it's it's been a very it's been a great company to work for and I love what they do and they have great products and great people nevertheless as I'm saying you know I think my head's in a in a slightly different place so look I can summarize all of that by saying it's been a bit of a tough week because I've got all of this crap going on i don't I don't have a lot of foresight into into what's going to happen in the next few weeks um, yeah you know, and all that stuff can be can be stressful and <clears throat> if you're like me, I have a tendency to you know I can get stressed out about things I can worry about things and you know that's not very that's not very alpha, for want of a better phrase. I mean, that's not very... If you think of the stoical man who is in control of his own destiny, you know, he's not going to get flapped by something like, you know, a job or something, you know, he's going to be strong, he's going to, he's going to have his vision, he's going to be true to that vision, and he is going to make a success of it come what may. And that's really where we need to aim to get to. And... What I found in the last you know week or so, while all of this stuff's been going on, is that actually, I have been very, very, I've been in a pretty good place, to be honest. And the reason I think for that is because I've become incredibly motivated uh, around the work that I'm doing for my website, around the work that I'm doing for my book, around The social media stuff that I'm doing and, you know, the other bits and pieces in the background. I've also become a lot more motivated by game again, by day game. And, you know, by the way, I should say, I don't want this to be, this isn't a day game podcast per se. This is a podcast about, you know, about life and what it is to be a modern Casanova. And day game is a part of that, but it's by no means uh, the only method of meeting women that I preach, I think it's a very good method, and I think you know, particularly as we become older, it's uh, probably a more viable method long term than day, the night game. But you know, I'm not a, I'm not a purist day gamer in the way that you know some others are. So just to, just to put that out there, really. Um, but nevertheless, um, I've been doing a lot of day game recently, and I've become very motivated by that. And of course, you know, I'm in a slightly unusual position, I suppose, in that um, I am creating content that relates to meeting women. So in a way, meeting women becomes part of my job in a funny kind of a way. You know, it becomes because I can't be, you know, on Twitter talking about approaching and meeting girls and going out and approaching every day and all this kind of stuff. I can't be doing that. And then I can't be on you know writing articles about this is this is what you have to do to meet this perfect 10 and blah 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 you know I can't be doing any of that stuff unless I'm in the field myself unless I'm doing it myself and that's largely for ethical reasons because I think if people are you know you need to you need to write about the life that you're living not um you know, some kind of a a fantasy world because then then you're just a scam artist and you're just one of these guys on YouTube who's putting up fake videos and, you know, it's just not a good way to go ethically. But also, I think people can tell, you know, I think that great content and, you know, when we're in this space, if we're writers, if we're making video, if we're making podcasts, you know, we want to be creating great content. I think that great content has to come from a place of, uh, sorry, a place of authenticity, you know, it's no good just going through the motions, writing some shitty articles every week and pretending, you know, this has got to be real, this has got to be what's actually happened, and um, that's certainly the direction that I'm moving in with it anyway, and there are other, you know, a lot of game writers I think are the same, I think the best uh, game writers that I'm aware of, and they would include, uh, you know, Tyler from RSD, Sorry, best game um, content creators. I should say they would include Tyler and the RSD guys, uh, and Tom Torero in in England. Um, those guys are very very honest about their success, their successes, but also their failures. You know, these guys don't sugarcoat the fact that game and pick up um, and meeting women is you know, in part, is a numbers game. Now, that's not to say that it's uh, a numbers game where the only thing that matters is the numbers because otherwise um, you know you would get two guys of of vastly differing sexual market value who would walk out onto Oxford Street uh, on a Saturday afternoon do a 100 approaches and both get laid in, in equal amounts and obviously you know, that's not the case, because if you've got a guy who is very, very well turned out, who's good looking, perhaps, who ha- who is well dressed, who is very socially savvy, he is going to do better, by and large, than the guy who is very diffident and shy and can't really talk to women and is badly dressed and has a body odour problem. You know, it's just a fact of life. People are on different different levels. Um, so So, yeah, I mean, day game is a is a meritocracy really but i think the point that i'm getting to with all of this is that you know you need to be you need to find extreme motivation in your core passions and if you've got that and if you're working on those things consistently then that will carry you through a lot of the tougher times that will carry you through um, a lot of hardship so for me you know on the one hand i have a situation where I have this corporate job and, you know, it the, the, the ground is looking rocky. I'm uncertain about that situation. But that's not the only situation in my life. You know, the other situation is, well, there's a couple of things. So another situation or another sort of part of my life, if you like, is um, I am part of uh, a number of uh, recovery groups in London. So I've got a lot of male friends um, who are part of that circuit and I see those people... You know, maybe three, four times a week. Um, I'm very involved with that. I try to help other guys who who've been in a similar situation to me, which is, you know, I had a. Um, if people don't know, I had an issue with um, with drink and alcohol um, many years ago, which is now behind me, and it has been behind me for a long time. But you know, I still have to, on a regular basis, you know, check in to make sure that I'm on track with that stuff, and you know, part of that. And part of the value I get from that program is that I will also help other people who are maybe, you know, slightly less along the journey. So I'm very involved with the community and a community of men as well. I mean, there are women that go to these things, um, of course, and I'm friends with some women, but I don't really tend to hang out with them to any great degree. You know, I hang out with the guys and I know guys from all different walks of life. You know, I know bankers, I know... Uh, you know, I've met pop stars, I've met actors, I've met builders, I've met plumbers, uh, taxi drivers, all different walks of life are there. And I've met all of these different guys and and created friendships with them. And I feel very locked in. And in in, in a way, I'm very lucky with that, because that's a slightly, um, you know, unusual thing. But what you need to what you need to be doing is to find your own version of that, you know, you need to be finding your own groups of, you know, male friends. And, you know, I have male friends who are uh, you know, who who are more successful than me. And that's really helpful as well because that encourages me and that shows me a path ahead that I can follow. And, you know, I've got some guys who are really uh, you know, who've been very successful in business, uh, who can advise me. And, you know, that's a really, really helpful thing. So there's this whole milieu in my life that I'm a part of, which has nothing to do with the corporate world or my working life. And that, you know, and, and that is as important and, and actually more important, really, than whatever happens with a job or whatever happens with a relationship, because that thing and those friendships with those guys, you know, will endure and have endured throughout years when all sorts of other craps happen to me in the background, you know, with relationships failing, desire, you know... Disastrous things with girls, um, you know, troubles with work and money and all of this stuff. But those male friendships, really, really important, really key to have those. Um, So I've got that, and then the other thing I've got, of course, is my passion project, which is really my my work um, in game, my work as far as these podcasts are concerned, as far as my books are concerned, my writing, you know, and ultimately, really, I'm a writer at base i mean that is that is what i do that is my key skill if you like and that's my passion um but i also have a passion for for meeting women and i and 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 beyond and sex and but beyond that i have a deep deep interest in social dynamics in how uh you know how how human beings behave and how men and women interact and what you know what drives that and you know and 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 a real interest in society as well so you know i i looked at it and you know there's there's a there's a big part of me also you know i write some um literary stuff in the background as well you know i've written a few novels i'm i'm writing a play at the moment um i'm a big fan of literary fiction you know serious serious writing classic literature um, and everything else but you know i i have to look at it and think well am I going to really make a career out of that? You know, it's very, very tough. The publishing industry is in disarray. Um, It's a a difficult road. Now, is there a way that I can combine the interests and the passions that I do have for writing, for girls, for society, um, and forge a career from that? And of course, yes, there is, because I'm doing it already through creating uh, content for the websites and writing the books that I write. So, you know that has become my focus and it's it's really that passion point and the motivation that I feel around that passion point plus uh the male friendships that I have and the motivation that I feel around that that carries me through because then you know you think well the job isn't the job and say I was say a relationship you know I mean also of course I came out of a relationship fairly easily so in a sense I'm still you know in the aftermath of that but those things are significant and they're important, you know, of course, a, a relationship breakdown in someone's life, um, troubles with their job, very, very significant things. But if you've got this other stuff going on and you're really motivated by that other stuff, by your passion project and by your solid relationships with other men, friendships with other guys, if you've got those things, then they're going to carry you through to a great extent because then the troubles that you're finding with, you know, in other parts of your life sort of are minimized because, you know, I mean, why is a corporate job the most important thing in my life? You know, why is working for, you know, to, to, to make somebody else ultimately a lot richer off the back of my endeavors? You know, why does that become the most important thing in my life. Why should I allow that to define me? I mean, of course I shouldn't, you know, and I don't, and nor should you. What you should make define you is the thing that you are most passionate about. Now, for me, you know, it's writing for you. It could be music, it could be sports, it could be making sculptures, it could be, you know, gardening, it could be cooking, you know, whatever that thing is. And you have to find that for yourself, ultimately you know, I can't tell you what that thing is. In a way, perhaps I've been lucky because I've always written, you know, when I was a kid, um, four years old, you know, I was sitting in the garden with the toy typewriter, you know, knocking out short stories or, you know, little pieces of writing. And that endured really throughout my whole life, apart from perhaps the period when I was drinking and using substances to you know to uh, to the most excessive level it perhaps dipped a little bit then but but even then you know i was still i was still riding in, in the background a little bit um the great lie by the way about creativity is that alcohol and drugs aids creativity and it really doesn't i mean okay maybe you think some crazy thoughts and you you kind of you you get some weird wacky ideas and so on but in terms of actually executing it really really doesn't help i mean i produced nothing throughout the time when i was when i was drinking um and and out partying the whole time i produced absolutely nothing and it's it's only been um in the years since when my life has become you know, a lot calmer and a lot more ordered than I've really been able to, you know, start to fulfill my creative passions properly. So that's something to, to bear in mind. But um, anyway, we're coming up to the end of the time now. So it's been a little bit rambling and I hope you've got something from it. Um, if not, then obviously please listen in next week where we'll be talking about a different topic. But overall, I think what I'm saying is, look, life is tough, shit things happen. Relationships end, jobs end, it's not fair, um, you know, the red pill thinking is, is is thinking about the genders and sex relationships, sure, but it's also, in a broader sense, um, the consideration of human nature, and human nature is essentially selfish, it's cruelly pragmatic, so people will do what they need to do to achieve their own ends and they will not hesitate to stab you in the back or the front or both in the process if it's going to get them to where they want to be. So, you know, that's kind of a tough thing to say, but you really you've just got to accept that. Um, And the way that you will get through all of that tough stuff that you'll need to deal with, because we all do from time to time, is by having your own passionate motivation for you know a project or for an interest that you have and it's got to be something very very personal to you don't just you know don't just think I'll become a YouTuber because somebody else is and it seems like a cool thing it's got to be something that you really want to do Um, so you've got to you've got to search inside yourself and you've got to find out what that thing is and the other very very important thing as I've said frequently in articles that I've written Um, is male friendship. I think that's absolutely key. I think you really, really need to have a core group of male friends. And hopefully they are people who have experienced a lot in life and they can teach you and they can help guide you. I've got friends who are in their 60s, uh, maybe even 70s um you know and 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 then i'm friends also with guys who are younger than me and a similar age so you know a spread of people across different demographics of guys um who can help you who can support you and who you can talk to really really important stuff so we're going to leave it there for today i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the modern casanova podcast with me troy francis please follow me on twitter Troy Francis or at Troy Seven Laws, or go to my website realtroyfrancis.com for more content. And I will speak to you guys again next week. Goodbye.